Carrots and Sticks by Ian Ayres. One sentence summary. Carrots and Sticks explains how you can harness the power of incentives. Carrots and Sticks. To change your bad behavior, improve your self-control and reach your long-term goals. My favorite quote from the author is, When it comes to apples, Adam and Eve aren't alone in being impatient when presented with an immediate temptation. Ian Ayres When I read the 4-hour workweek for the first time in 2013, I was surprised to find that a website to hold yourself accountable had existed even back when Tim Ferriss wrote the book in 2007. It's called Stick, and it lets you set a goal, an amount of money, a referee, and an anti-charity to donate the money to in case you fail. Sounds like a powerful tool using incentives to help you behave? That's because Yale economist Ian Ayres co-founded it. He also wrote this book, which reminded me a lot of Freakonomics, until I found out he's a contributor to that very blog. Carrots and Sticks shows you why and how incentives work, and what you can do to use them to your advantage. Here are three lessons from the book. 1. Because waiting creates uncertainty, we prefer small rewards now over big rewards later. 2. We hate losing unless we're losing something we don't own yet. 3. Get it together by employing one gigantic stick instead of many little carrots. Ready to incentivize your life? Let's do this. Carrots and Sticks Lesson 1 Waiting always brings uncertainty, which is why we'd rather have a small reward now than a big reward later. This answers the question... Why don't we go for the big goals we want to set out to achieve? Richard Thaler made a fascinating discovery in 1981. In a study he did, he asked people to choose whether they'd like to receive one apple in one year or two apples in one year and one day. Of course, most people chose the second option. Who cares about an extra day when you have to wait for a year anyways, right? However, when he gave them the same choice in the present, namely getting one apple today or two two apples tomorrow, the vast majority opted for the immediate reward. That's because when making decisions about the near future, we hate uncertainty. As soon as an instant reward is made available to us, all bigger rewards become less attractive, if we have to hold out for a little longer for them. Many things could happen in those 24 hours, who knows if you'll even get any apples at all. So, better be safe and take what you can get right now. That's what your brain tells you. Waiting means uncertainty, means risk of loss, and boy, do we hate losing. Carrots and Sticks, Lesson 2. We hate losing, unless we're losing something we don't own yet. This answers the question, what's the deal with our loss aversion? Why can't we deal with that? If you give monkeys the option between two slices of an apple with a 50% chance of one being taken away and one slice of an apple with a 50% chance of getting another one, they'll always choose the second option. Even though the outcome is exactly the same, they'd rather not have something and then lose it, so they never even take the risk. We hate losing a lot more than we like to win, which is one of the main reasons that there are so few millionaires. Winning big entails risk, and that alone keeps most people in their comfortable salary jobs. However, there are some things we're very much willing to lose. Everything we don't yet have. While this is the reason that most people don't save nearly enough for their retirement, I mean, why take money out of your paycheck today for something that might never happen, Ian Ayres says we can also turn this into an advantage. 
he created a saving program called Save More Tomorrow, which encourages people to commit to saving a tiny percentage of their income should they get a raise. Since it's not cash they have to shell out now, most people agree and dramatically improve their savings over time. Carrots and Sticks Lesson 3 Use one gigantic stick to get it together instead of fiddling around with many little carrots. This answers the question, what's a more powerful incentive, the carrot or the stick? Once you know that we spend a lot more of our time avoiding losing than chasing the next win, you'll also understand why sticks, aka punishments, work better than carrots, aka rewards. Imagine the government offered you $10 for every cigarette you didn't smoke. That could add up to a lot of money, couldn't it? Yet it's very unlikely that you'll give up your precious ciggies because you don't mind not getting those $10. Let's flip this around. How much more would you fight the urge to take a puff if I told you that every single cigarette means $10 straight out of your pocket? Not only that, but also I'd give those 10 bucks straight to Donald Trump. Sounds a lot more powerful, right? But here's the real Trump card, pun intended. What if, in order to be able to buy cigarettes in the first place, you would have to pay $5,000 for a smoker's license, which is only good for 1,000 cigarettes? Faced with an incredibly hard punishment up front, most people wouldn't even start smoking, and those who already are would be likely to quit, simply because all of a sudden they can't afford it. The good thing about huge sticks is that they might never have to be used as well. Having to pay everyone $10 for every unsmoked cigarette might financially ruin the government, but a heavy $1,000 littering fine is something they hopefully never have to enforce. And if they do, they'll make money, not lose it. Forget little carrots, use big sticks. I want to do a little rerun through because I had several things popping up here and there. So if you think all about all of this, the whole aspect of us wanting to eliminate uncertainty so bad we're happy to pay a shit ton of money for it is insane. I mean, you can see this everywhere. You can see this in markets where people pay futures. You can trade futures, right? So you could say sell the promise of giving someone, let's say, a Bitcoin, right? Which is a new type of uh, digital currency. Let's say you could... Uh, you sold someone else the promise of delivering a Bitcoin. If people expect Bitcoin to go up, they will be happy to give you even more than it might go up as the price for getting that Bitcoin in the future because they're so eager to eliminate the uncertainty of whether they'll get it in the first place, right? Let's say Bitcoins might sell out, something that won't happen, but technically you get it. So our tendency to want to eliminate uncertainty is really insane. The problem is all the good stuff is in the uncertainty or rather all the reward or the value is in the uncertainty because that's how risk works. You get paid for bearing risk. It's the same with insurance companies. The more risk you bear personally, the less you have to pay the insurance company. Obviously, in that case, that's bad because whenever you need insurance, something bad has happened. But the same is true in entrepreneurial ventures. You're paid for bearing the risk of having the company on your shoulders and that the product might fail, but you also have the chance of getting all the value, which is when your product takes off and you capture a huge share of the market. So that's really a problem, right? Because you can't pay your way out of uncertainty. Like It doesn't work in the long run. You can never pay enough to know and have the answers. 
And the funny part is, if you think back to the to, to the example where you had to wait a year or a year and a day, when there's a lot of uncertainty, we actually lose that tendency, right? Because if there's so much uncertainty that we can't possibly eliminate it, we don't even try. We just think, oh, you know what? I might as well go for the bigger reward, right? Because who knows what, what's going to happen in that time. Um, so if I make it through all this time, I might as well get the bigger reward. And we have to learn how to think more in that way. Now, losing something we don't own, this is the next problem. So not only do we have to step up and say, you know what, I'm going to face this uncertainty. We also have to get away from um, from the fact that we have to make it really clear that we are losing this, right? So we are losing the reward we could potentially gain if we stepped up and took this uncertainty. So just because we don't have it yet doesn't mean we can't lose. So it's really... I guess it's a mental shift you have to make, and it's really uh, powerful. If you think back to the monkeys, that's ridiculous, right? But you can, I can, I could feel myself reading that. I could feel myself cringing at the thought of having two slices and having to give back one. That's just how the human brain works. But having one and having the possibility of a nice surprise of getting an extra slice, that's really cool, right? So just because the experience is is bad, it doesn't mean the outcome is bad. You just have to learn how to view the outcome as for what it is, just the outcome, not necessarily that what the experience is that you have to go through. Save more tomorrow. I think that's a cool idea. Uh, you can do the same. Just commit to say, you know what, if I'm going to get this X amount of investment in the future, uh, amount of raise, or you cannot just do it with money. You can do it with other things too, right? You could say, for example, um, what's a good one? For example, if you participate in a lottery to win a, for example, uh, a pair of running shoes, right? You would say, if I win the running shoes, and you know it's it's a month until you have to get notified, if I win the running shoes, then I will start running every day, right? That will be a, a similar way. Because you're not afraid you don't have the running shoes yet, so you don't have to worry about running every day, and once you get them, boom, you go. Um Last one, the one giant stick. Uh, I mean, you get why that makes sense on a national level, right? Why governments, for example, might use this. I would be a lot more careful in using this in your personal life. Like putting $5,000 on the line to give to a, for example, Nazi charity in case you don't accomplish some goal is bold. It works for some people. It doesn't work for me. Um, but be careful with that because you, you would you will have more at stake rather than when the government says, you know what, there's a huge fine for X, Y, and Z, and uh, we're only going to collect that if you do this behavior and to to get people to not do certain kinds of behavior. Now, what I will say is whatever you pick, whether it's a big carrot, a big stick, or small carrots or small sticks, the goal is always to get started. That's only Think of that as your only goal. Stephen Pressfield has a great quote about writing. He says, the hard part is not writing words or it's not writing putting words on paper the hard part is sitting down to write and it's very true it's very true i love writing for example but even i i have trouble sitting down and starting because when i don't know what the headline is what the theme is what the outline is all this uncertainty it drives me nuts but the moment i sit down and start working and now the cool thing is i try to make headlines coming up with headlines really fun i have this tool that i use to rank them and rate them and every time I so I try to make a cool headline and once I have the cool headline 
immediately I pull I pull, paste it over to the post and I start and once I'm go I'm going I'm going then I bite myself into the problems I think about I research and it gets a lot easier from there everything becomes so much easier but I have to get started so whatever you need try to incentivize yourself put all the energy in starting and once you're over the hump of starting usually the rest will come a lot easier Okay, some fun little forays into motivation, carrots and sticks. Hope you enjoyed by Ian Ayers and I will see you on the next summary.